does contemplation link with transcendence? Hello, my name is Stephen Russell Lacey. This is the third of a series of six Exploring Spiritual Questions podcasts, asking how we can link ourselves with love and light. One of the great questions of life. Previously, I have explored love and light as a transcendent feature of existence. Now, I ask about the role of contemplation in linking with this awareness. Mindfulness meditation can be seen as an indirect way of connecting to love and light. This tradition cultivates the habit of simply being in the moment. Meditators notice sensory perceptions, images and thoughts within their consciousness. They try to not allow whatever comes into their awareness to stimulate the mind into any chains of reactive judgment. Such a practice leads to insight free of the influence of natural feelings of anxiety, impatience or discontent. Those regularly doing it report increased feelings of calm, patience and tolerance. One hope of meditation is the appearance of wholesome qualities at the expense of unwholesome ones. It is difficult to disagree with the point that there are latent tendencies of the mind towards unhealthy mental states. The principle of anusayas in Buddhist texts is similar to the Western concept of the unconscious. It is also like a spiritual philosopher Emanuel Swedenborg's idea, not of original sin, but of inherited negative tendencies, like self-indulgence, greed, laziness, aversion, vanity, pride. Inclinations, I would say, that lack love and light. These unwholesome tendencies lie dormant in our mind, then suddenly emerge when an opportune moment arises for them to show. We vary as to which of these are closer to the surface. Who isn't trying to keep at least one such inclination under wraps? The meditator is not working towards a conscious generation of healthy factors per se. Think of yourself trying to be happy. This doesn't seem to work. Rather, happiness often comes as a byproduct of something else. For example, personal fulfilment comes from putting the effort in to be useful in whatever job or interest one is pursuing. Likewise, as I understand it, in mindfulness meditation, the person is not trying to be modest, moderate, calm, etc. Instead, he or she is simply trying to build awareness of what is arising in their minds during meditation. The meditator adopts a neutral stance towards whatever comes and goes in his or her 
stream of awareness. So, not jumping to make a valid judgment on whatever arises in the mind. Wholesome mental factors, such as calmness and equanimity, are seen as the byproduct of regular meditation, rather than states of mind one strives to attain. The practice is gaining a significant following in the Western world, and for good reason. It amounts to turning towards and opening ourselves to the light of insight. Mindfulness can thus be seen as a way of linking to the power of love and light. Mindfulness amounts to clear self-observation, a revealing of inner states of mind, a crucial step in the process of personal growth. Although sometimes practiced as a secular activity, this form of meditation has its roots in one wing of most religions, including devotional Buddhism. The need for a higher transpersonal power to take action to save us from our self-centered state of mind is recognized in most traditions. There are other forms of contemplation, and I would suggest that the following practices are intended to produce a more direct link with love and light. Metta meditation, also known as loving-kindness meditation. This is the practice of developing positive feelings, first towards yourself and then towards others. It is often said, that meta-meditation increases positivity, empathy and compassionate behaviour. Mindful Christianity is the practice of learning to live mindfully in the fullness of the moment and this is taken to mean becoming aware to the presence and following the way of the Christ within. So this is linked with the biblical text, when Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. Another form of contemplation is confessional prayer. Here the individual seeks to focus on any past misconduct. Also one asks for forgiveness and help to change one's ways for the better. Yes, there is self-discipline involved in maintaining any form of contemplation practice, whether it be meditation or prayer. How many of us start but don't keep it up? We often find regular practice difficult and even uncomfortable. The mind is unaccustomed to the kind of mental discipline demanded. Meditation is the consistent attempt to attend to something. During it, one spends most of one's time trying to remember to return the wandering mind to the object of concentration. With all the distractions of life, how many religious people keep up a self-discipline of daily prayer? 
one can only improve playing a musical instrument by regular practice. The student probably needs a teacher to correct mistakes and provide encouragement. But where does one find the commitment and self-discipline required? We need to dedicate time and effort required for regular practice. What happens when some commotion disturbs us, or one temporarily loses interest, or other things tempt us to overindulge in them? What happens then? Sooner or later, don't we struggle to keep our chosen practice going, even when there are no outward problems in our situation? When things are going okay, we may not bother, even though regular practice is the way to build resilience. But when things are out of control, it does become harder. Life can pile on too many difficulties at once. Circumstances can suddenly change. Anyone can lose their livelihood or suffer a prolonged or difficult illness. Even a less serious change to your external circumstances can easily throw you off any routine. Contemplative practices are not without their challenges. They say that when the going gets tough, then the tough get going. But there are times when we cannot rely solely on ourselves to find the endurance needed, when we just can't lift ourselves up by our own bootstraps. At first it seems that you can, but sooner or later you find out you need help. Some form of guidance and encouragement, say, from a teacher or a coach, or perhaps a book. Arguably, part of personal growth is to undergo inner conflict, like a clash between our conscience and our lower nature. I would suggest that in this state, people can experience a sense of disconnection or imbalance. They, they might have a sense of alienation in relation to the universe. They might also sense that the vital force that energizes life is being blocked somehow. Emanuel Swedenborg, a spiritual philosopher, wrote that these inner struggles, and he calls them spiritual temptation combats, by the way, these inner struggles are not all the same. Sometimes we feel two opposing feelings in a sudden moment, and find ourselves under immediate stress and in turmoil. But sometimes the effect is of a grey period of life in which we suffer loss of usual hopes and confidence. We may only slowly reach a crisis point, when a choice of a new direction must be made. The question arises, can we rely on ourselves to deal with problems in living? without floundering. Can you always pull yourself together when you're down? In my life, I've found out I can't do it all by myself. Can't really manage this thing we call being alive. 
with its blinking setbacks, disappointments, troubles and temptations. Without a boost to determination, to fortitude, to endurance and to courage, how could I deal with what life has thrown at me? So I feel I need encouragement from others, not to mention inspiration from above. When these sort of factors confront us, the sort of things that are beyond our own influence, then they do cause a personal crisis. The burdens of reality and a sense of helplessness do bring us up sharp. They challenge our complacency and sense of self-reliance to sort ourselves out. We find we cannot conquer some undesirable weakness in our character. Many of us come to realise our insufficiency to do this in our own strength alone. Don't we all require a helping hand when we seem to be losing it? Don't we need to find comfort, encouragement, guidance, trust or hope? In the process of contemplation, you discover that when you look into yourself, you find changing images, thoughts, ideas and feelings. Thus, any reality about yourself cannot be any of these fleeting thoughts, fleeting ideas, fleeting emotions. Surely, the elevated mind that, that can observe such transitory elements of consciousness, the elevated mind must be something deeper, perhaps something that has universal permanence, some higher power or higher self. Perhaps it is love and light present in your soul. If so, you have the option of turning to the origin of this for assistance. I've been making the case that the source of spiritual life within us is transcendent. If so, our finite mind is in difficulty comprehending it. It's just that we don't notice it because our senses immerse us in a world of appearance. So we naturally make a mistake. It seems to us that all our desires, thoughts and actions originate in ourselves. You notice your good intentions, kind impulses and positive characteristics, like when you're feeling patient and generous. You assume that you will think and thence do good from yourself rather than from a universal power flowing into you from elsewhere. This shouldn't be so surprising. In my ego state, I have been caught up in the world of appearance. I have been imagining I live from myself. This way of seeing things is unhelpful, however. I believe I need to wake up to the inspiration that what is good and true comes from something higher than the little me of my ego. Don't we need to recognise our inadequacy in our own strength to change our self-centeredness? Don't we need to notice the illusions that support the desires of the lower self? 
putting hope in one's ego isn't enough. When we feel desperate, we strongly feel we need something powerful that is stronger than ourselves to effect change. In the next podcast in this series, I will be asking whether there is a human side to transcendence.